Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hey guys, welcome back to the Nina Kowser Show. I don't even know what to say. This is your post-match show covering Liverpool's embarrassing, embarrassing, oh God, result performance. Shit show against Arsenal. It finished 3-2. My word, there are so many talking points. So much frustration. Um, What the hell kind of Sunday afternoon. And joining me on this podcast, hopefully I'll have some callers on and um, some excellent guests. So let me introduce my guest who will be on top form. I'm going to make that bold prediction now. Uh, can't nothing can be worse than what we've just witnessed. Let's just put that out there. Um, joining me on this podcast, I have two excellent guests. First up, let me introduce a familiar voice on the Nina Kaza show, a guy that helped me through the really, really dark times during COVID football, and there were some terrible football to be played that season. Um, and uh, it's only fitting that he's on this podcast. It's Dave Horrocks. Welcome back, Dave. Hey there, Nina. It's great to be back. It's been a while, hasn't it? But uh... Yeah, it does feel a little bit like that COVID time, actually, doesn't it? <laughs> I, I was actually thinking about that. I was like, oh, gosh, you know, Dave's going to be like, oh, God, I'm back on. And, you know, nothing, so much <laughs> has happened, but nothing which has changed in terms of your show and how these things happen. Anyway, we'll get into everything um, in a minute. And joining Dave on the podcast, another familiar voice on the Nina Kaza show, the Daisy podcast and the main AI podcast, a good friend of mine, a good friend of all yours as well. You all adore him. It's Mr. Cam Branch. Cam, welcome to the show. Hi, Nina. Thanks for having us on today. Pleasure to be here. You both sound so fucking miserable, and I'm right there with you. I'm just going to put that out there. I think we're, we're just going to have a real a collective pity party. I mean, guys, before I get to our first call, and, and I just want to get your thoughts. How do you feel after that? Because I'm so angry, and I'm so frustrated, and I'm so like, oh, my God. How do you feel after that? And Cam, I'll come to you first. Um, Honestly, I genuinely, genuinely had no expectations of us getting anything out of this game today and that's, that in itself is quite telling yeah and that's damning of where we are as a, a football team a football club at the moment um i really didn't expect us to win the game uh but even when we went one nil down i was like no i'm all right you know that the, the, they will do something and, and i got that little bit right i thought yeah you know that they will do something and they did do something and then it's just um, 
you know, well, we'll, we'll get to it all, isn't it? But like I said, I had no expectations of today. Uh, a, a draw would have been a, a great result against a team that is, is flying high. You know, that's eight wins at home on the trot for Arsenal in the Premier League under Arteta now. And that, that, that's, that's, good. that's a sign of a good football team. You, you can't take any away from Arsenal. They are a good football team, but we, we should have got something out of the game today, um, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You know, and, that, and that's and that's the frustrating thing about it all, isn't it? Uh, despite my reservations going into the game, I mean, you know, I I just knew we weren't going to do anything in the respect that I took Salah and Trent out of my fantasy Premier League teams. I just had no expectations of them doing anything. So, and unfortunately, I was proved right on both those counts. Clearly, you're managing your um, fantasy football team better than what's going on at Liverpool <laughs> right now. I'm sorry, I went there. <laughs> yeah. I went there. He knew, he knew. Um, take note, Jürgen. Stop playing Henderson. Anyway, um, I'll come to Dave now. Dave, what, I mean, how do you feel after that? Because I think, you know, when, because listeners, listeners need to be aware, as soon as that game's over, we run on here and we get recording straight away. So the emotions and the feelings are very, very raw. So, you know, paint the picture in terms of what's going on with you. I mean, I, I try to temper my expectations and going into it, I thought we could come out of it with a real hiding. So the fact that we made a match of it, you know, I guess I should. My head is saying, OK, it's closer than what I thought it would be. But I'm just pissed off. I'm just angry about mm. the whole situation. And I don't even know what direction I'm angry at. Just everything. I mean, yeah team is an absolute shambles the transfer strategy going into this season was a joke you know the the players look dead on their feet you know they I don't know what has gone on with the training but how did we go from outrunning everyone to being outrun by everyone and you know you you get terrible decision making as well all across the pitch there there isn't anyone Bart Allison you would say I, I can't really put any blame at his foot his door it's just terrible decision-making across the board. But in addition to all that, as as average as we were, and Arsenal are flying high at the minute, and they, they do look like a decent side, every major decision that was there to be made seemed to go against us. Their first goal felt like to me it was offside, but no one in commentary bothers to even question that. But the, the trailing leg, when it comes down the right-hand side, looks way offside to me, but okay. That goes against us. Did it show us the the graphics or anything, though, did they? No, no. But, you know, you go from fucking Firmino's armpit is offside one season, and then mm-hmm. now it's like, yeah, no, it's all right. We, oh, we don't need to show that. He's fucking offside, I am telling you. When I was looking at it, I was like, unless it's an optical illusion, he looks offside to me with that trailing leg. Uh, Arsenal's player, I think it was Gabriel, his hands right up, ball hits his hand. You know, again, you look at uh, a penalty Gomez gave away where he's trying to retreat. He's trying to get his arm out of the way. It hits his arm penalty. That was a fucking penalty to us. And then the penalty that won it in the end. Now, I haven't seen it from multiple angles, but it, it didn't look like a penalty to me. And they don't even ask Oliver to have another look at it. It's just every major decision goes against us. The sports washing in the game. I'm just fucked off with everything, Nina. <laughs> but that's why I'm always, I always feel better, you know, after I've had a bit of a vent on here. So 
you know that's why I'm here today and you know what you've got you've got free reign to ventilate and before I get to my first caller um, I just want to kind of share my thoughts on that and I've heard both of you and I've been like nodding and I agree with you but you know what makes me really really sick is the fact that you know Arsenal are a good team and and they're with you um uh, you know Arsenal are a good team and I'm with you in that regard but it pisses me off because like you said there Dave how did we go from outrunning everyone we look so agey to aged and leggy today certainly in that second half it was embarrassing what really really pisses me off about this is the fact that you know club goes with the format the 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 four two three one you know or the four four two if he wants to call it and um you know my slight change would have been I would have maybe not played um Henderson I would have played T um Fabinho but it's fine yeah so he goes with a system that suits the attack and everything within a minute we concede yeah so straight away we get our pants pulled down then we start coming back into the game and we'll talk about all those decisions in a minute so we get back into it we score a gorgeous goal you know things happen there was some big big defining moments in that game I think the Diaz injury and sub cost us quite daily because I thought he was an absolute nightmare but basically we clawed it back we started looking at the better team and at the end of that first half, we concede another, another stupid, stupid goal um, from our free kick as well. They hit us on the counter. For me, and it felt very much like this in Brighton as well, we got two goals down, we pull it back, we're ahead, and then we have another brain fart moment. And that is the frustrating part. It's the fact that we can't stay um, focused. We, we we lose our shape. We have... We, lack that kind of professionalism to kind of see out games which was something that we were really really good at I just don't recognize us and I think that is my biggest biggest concern right now um it's frustrating and we're going to talk about the key moments from the game and everything but before I get to um talking about the game let me go to our first caller because I've kept him like hanging for quite some time so Kieran I am going to come to you long time no speak yes thank you very much it's wonderful having you back here and um you know the drill on this show you know what you need to do and um, the floor is yours take it away no well it was just yet another shambolic performance from us yet again and it's just starting to become a bit of a regular occurring thing this season we we just it's just so not right with this time at this moment in time we're just a complete mess at the back conceding just stupid stupid goals and stuff like that that's just it's not good and like you said before I know we were a couple of contentious decisions went against us but like you said even if even if we somehow got a point out of that game it would have been quite frankly undeserved we were a mess complete shambles today we really were we really really were um Thank you so much, Kieran, um, for those thoughts. And I think um, pretty much everyone on live on Discord pretty much agrees with you. So do the list. Um, so will the listeners, and of course my panel. So cheers, Kieran. Right, let's get into this. Cam, what did you make of the lineup? Um, of course, it worked so well against Rangers, but I was I did see on the Eurovision podcast, and I think a lot of people felt this as well. Worked great, but it was Rangers. Let's see how it does against a team that is actually of some northern quality so um in terms of the setup were you happy that Jurgen Klopp went with the formation or would you prefer the 4-3-3 also the players and the personnel as well I'd like to hear your thoughts about the team the 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 team lineup and your initial thoughts to it 4-2-3-1 um has its plus points it has its negative points for me um obviously it allows you to get the four strikers on the pitch but you you can't 
to, to change mid-season. Either you, either you start with that formation from day one of the season because you've been practicing it all summer, and then suddenly you switch in two games. I, I'm just finding that a bit odd. Okay, it's a reaction to what's happened um, with prior results. So I get why he's doing it. The thing for me is, if you're going to start all two, three, one, and you don't have your two best midfielders as the two, you're exposing, you are exposing your de- your defense more. And we saw that today with the two goals in the first half. I don't think, uh, just touching on what Kieran was saying and, and yourself and what everyone in Discord is saying, I'm I'm going to say something really, you know. And brainy controversial here. I don't think we were a shambles that first half. No, in between, I the, two, in between the two goals. I agree. I thought we started playing better. I thought we were. I thought actually we were excellent. Some of the technical football that was played in in how when we were in possession and how brave we were in possession and how we and even some of the defensive the work around, as well. Yeah. Even and, what like Shimikas did, we were getting us out of hot spots with the defense. Remember when they all like kind of played themselves out of trouble? Yeah. As a team. As a team. Agreed. And it, and it it was probably some of the best football I've seen us play this season. You know, probably from about fifteen twenty minutes to about forty fifth minute mark before obviously, you know, the shambles in the fifth minute of injury time at the end of the first half. But I thought in between that that half an hour period that. 35-minute period, whatever you want to call it. But we were really, really good. That's the best I've seen us play this season. I'm not saying we were, you know, we turned a corner or anything. But there was a sign there that what they're trying to do was maybe working. And so mm. you could then understand, right, okay, four two, but for me, the four two three one, and I feel it, you're, you're asking you're, you're free, your front three as such two wide players have got to come back and do more defensive work, which mm. is not what you want Salah and um, Jota to be doing, or Diaz, Salah and Diaz to be doing. You, you, you want them to be going forwards. Your best passer of the ball is then exposed because the you don't have your best midfield defensive shield in front of them. He's then going to get exposed. He's already struggling as it is. I just found it a little bit odd today to go 4 2 3 one against a team that is obviously playing really, really well. And that was my biggest concern today. I think that's fair. And I do agree with you in terms of like some of the football that we were playing in between the two goals, was, um, which gave me the positivity. And I thought maybe we could have built on that in the second half, but it just totally, totally went to shit. I will come to you, um, Dave, what did you make of um, the team lineup? I think, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you know, this formation, the system, it seems to work better. So what did you make of uh, the, the, the team lineup and uh, also the, the different formation? Because clearly the 4-3-3 has kind of been failing us quite a lot this season. I think, you know, I, you know, I hate to use that word, but it's true, but sometimes you kind of get figured out. Felt that way all season. Your thoughts? Uh, I think I'm... Um more with Cam and what, what he just said there about all the pre-season. You know, you work on this stuff. I mean, we've been 4-3-3 for, what, five, six years now? Mm-hmm. People haven't been able to deal with us up until now. I don't think it's that people have figured us out. I think we're just really not playing very well. For it's very interesting you say that because Klopp said the exact same thing in his press conference. Right. 
Okay, I missed that, but so oh, something us, like that. Yeah, for us, the break glass emergency change in formation for years used to be to go three at the back. You know, yes, from the did. days of mm-hmm. you know Mark Wright, Phil Bab, Neil Ruddock, you know, playing back there, and then Brodgy did it as well. Yeah, you know, it used to be oh shit, we're conceding loads of goals. Let's go three at the back, and and that was the the emergency. But we've been playing this way for so long. It's just Against Rangers, it struck me as quite odd. And I think I, I, I was having a back and forth with a mate of mine, a huge red as well. And he was getting quite annoyed with me, I think, because he was like excited about this change in formation and, you know, beat Rangers 2 0. I'm like, look, it's fucking Rangers, right? Probably, you know, might beat MK Dons or something at a push, but, you know, they're not a good fucking team. And we won with two set pieces. So why am I going to start suddenly thinking we've turned the corner? Yeah. You know, so to go with the same formation that's worked once against Rangers seemed weird to me. Um, But, you know, I'm trying to think before the game, I'm thinking, well, okay, you know, maybe it'll throw Arsenal off a bit. You know, but I didn't really think they cared. You know, and the the trouble is, as soon as that first goal goes in, it almost goes out the window anyway. And I would agree. I thought in the first half, you know, either side or, or in between their two goals, mm-hmm. we actually played some really nice stuff. But fuck a doodle do. We just made some terrible, terrible decisions. I was looking at the clock, you know, just as, you know, they had five minutes of injury time at the end of that first half. And I'm looking at it, and we've got everyone forward. I'm like, what What are we thinking there? Mm. Like, all across the team, it's not just the captain who should be saying lang about. Let's, let's be a bit pragmatic here. You know, there's, we've got another half to play. Why the two deepest there? players were Henderson and um, Trent, right? And, yeah. And then we end up with three against three at the back, and then for some reason, Trent decides to go and double up on the one player in possession. But when you're on three on three, why would you double up? It's it just terrible decisions across the the whole team, really. But I, I just, I, for me, you have to be brave in what you believe in when things aren't going well. And like I say, the, the Klopp had said, it, he, when he was on Monday Night Football, you know, he gave that great talk about, you know, Firmino's position and everything. He was saying, well, formations, it's just about players occupying different spaces and having different jobs on the pitch. The change in formation for me, it just, it feels like he's almost second guessing himself, you know, and, and I don't like it. I, I can see why, okay, it's not, the four three three's not been working for us, but we've been doing it for so long now. And it's not as if you know, we've been playing so well and for some reason people really have figured us out. I don't think they have. We're just playing fucking shit. <laughs> it's as simple as that. So, I don't know, maybe maybe if we play the next game and get our asses handed to us against City and then we go back to the 4-3-3 and that feels comfortable again and we can actually kickstart the season, maybe, you know, it, it'll be for the greater good in the end. But I'm looking at the league table. We've got 10 fucking points. After eight games, this is a crisis now. Yeah, 
it's not looking great. And I think people were joking yesterday. The team that we beat 9-0 is currently um, above us in the league. And of course, talking about Bournemouth there, which is quite bad. Like when you just think about it, even if you don't laugh, you will cry. I've got some comments here on Discord. I'll read some out. And let me, guys, if you want to respond to anything that I read, um, feel free to jump in, both um, Dave and, and Cam. Okay, Chris Singh um, here. Can't call in because I'm too frustrated, but can someone tell me how the hell has Henderson played a full 90 and more came off? What the fuck is Klopp and Pep, Pep Linders playing at? Also, the whole waiting for Jude. Jude ain't coming if we don't make the Champions League. Um, I've got another one here from Chamber Triology. Um, Who will... AFC pickers, their man of the match, Michael Oliver or Jordan Henderson. Kevin, um, in here as well, obviously our, our caller. Um, we got way too carried away with certain individuals having good games at champion, um, against a championship level team on Tuesday and it came back to bite us today. Umbilical boy. I'll just read the last one, then we'll get back to, um, I'll come to you guys. Would making Virgil van Dijk captain change the game and improve this team's game to just a thought, although it feels like nothing can save this team now? Oof. Um, uh, not a good vibe on, on Discord at the moment. And I can't really blame all you guys for feeling how you are. I mean, like, even I'm sure that, you know, like the over, overly positive Liverpool supporters are not enjoying what they are watching right now. Anything you want to respond there, um, guys? Go on, Dave. I think the the easy one is would making Van Dyke captain change things? I I don't think so. I mean, you know, the the whoever wears the armband, you know, for me it doesn't really matter. It's more of a figurehead. But you know, when Virgil's been on the pitch before, he really has commanded that whole team. I still think we're. Obviously, we, we're conceding a lot of goals, so the defence are the automatic ones to go to. Uh, defence and goalkeeper usually, but again, I, I can't really see what Alisson's done wrong this season. Not much. Um, for me, we just we just haven't solved that midfield problem. And Fabinho hasn't had the best season, OK. But the fact that he's not started the last two games, for me, just makes me wonder, OK, is... Is it because Klopp is a bit annoyed that he didn't follow his instructions a few games ago? You know, is it... Oh, yeah, they got into a shouting contest, didn't they, against Brighton, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I like I say, I've not been able to watch as much this season, so I'm, I'm a bit out of it. But is Cater actually injured, or is he is he just, you know, Sacco style? Is he just frozen out now? Is he just, that's it, we're, we're prepared to play Milner instead of Cater because, you know, Klopp has done with him do we know i don't think we know but it does feel like i don't know like obviously i'm no body language expert but when he talks about um nabby and press conferences it he just says he's still out and then he'll move on really really quick to somebody else that he's talking about i don't know if you guys on discord when you watch his press conferences you get the same vibe as well like i said i'm no body language expert but it just doesn't feel like he has much to say on 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 Naby Keita. Um, he, yeah, the midfield um, situation is an absolute um, joke. And um, yeah, uh, the, lots of chit chat there about Jordan Henderson as well. Uh, Cam, anything you'd like to respond to? I'll, I'll go through them. Um, why? How did Henderson play for ninety minutes? Because uh, Klopp and Pep uh, quite simply lost the plot. Um, 
you know, it, you could why you took Trent off. You could say yes, it was injury related. Um, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Henderson certainly had a hand to play in both those goals that we conceded in the first half. I don't think anyone can deny that. As as much as Trent did, you know that they they were both. You know, Trent was poor for the second goal. You could say Hendo was poor for you know made mistakes uh, with Odegaard in the first goal, and he he should have just taken Martinelli down and uh, and taken a yellow card for the team, and he shouldn't have allowed uh, Martinelli to get into the box to to put that across it. So, yeah, H- Henderson. There is an argument to say Henderson sh- should have come off at some point in the second half. I would have taken Henderson off and put Harvey Elliott on, or when Fabinho came on. You know, Henderson should have come off then. I think we would have got a better balance on the four-two-three-one then. But hey, what what do I know? I'm just a gov on a stick. Um, man of the match is uh, definitely Michael Oliver. So that's my shout for man of the match today. Um, Umbilical boy. Uh, I Klopp ain't going to change the captain as much as we want Klopp to change the captain and um, drop Henderson as the captain. He ain't going to do it. It's as simple as that. Because if he took the captain armband away from Henderson now, as bad as Henderson has been playing in some games and had the odd little good thing here and there and in a game or whatever, he ain't going to do it. He ain't going to destroy a player's career like that. Not mid-season. Not after this much time. So we're stuck with Henderson as a captain, whether we like it or not. Uh, Nigel, our midfield was too slow and Arsenal knew they could beat us on the break. Same way with nearly all the teams we've played so far this season, including Champions League. Again, I'll just go back to how we were in between the two, those two goals. Our midfield dominated to to, to a fair, fair extent. We were we we dominated that. We, we we had more possession today. Second half, we were a shit show. You know, we were all mm-hmm. over the place. But like I said, that half an hour, we were were the better team. Now we can only be a better team if the midfield is doing something right as well. And for a certain period of time, they were they weren't brilliant. Maybe it was more on Thiago than it was Henderson, but we were controlling that game better. Um, so, um, yeah, that's what I'm going to say on that one. Uh, Nabi Keita, um, there were some photos of him recently in the in the changing room, wasn't there? When Simicast was on on top of somebody on you know doing some sort of wrestling move or something, so and he had a big grin on his face, and, and he was at Anfield um, on Tuesday. Has he been frozen out? Well, whether you have frozen him out or not, we need him on the pitch. Get the player fit, whatever it is, just get him fit, get him on the pitch. When Navi plays a league game, we average something like 2.8 points a game. Now, you can be, you know, we, we, we can have a Navi discussion all day, all night, whatever you want to do. But the fact is, He's a quality football player. His quality we need to see on the pitch. There's no good being... It's all about availability, isn't it? If he's, if he's not available, he's not available. There's nothing you can do. If he is available, get him fit. Get him on the pitch. We need him. We 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 need bodies. You you could argue the same about where's Curtis Jones? Where's he been all season? What What's going on with him? Why is nobody talking about Curtis Jones? It's all about Naby, isn't it? Because we, spent, we because we paid big money on Nabi, it's easy to target Nabi because we paid big money for him. I mean, I, I'm I'm as frustrated with Nabi as any everybody else. I've I've, I've pretty much had enough. I've, I thought he was going to, you know, be the difference for us, and he 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 can be when he's playing, but it's no good if you're never never available. 
Nobody's going to buy him. Who's going to buy him? Really? Who's going to pay the money for him? He's going to see out his contract and go on a free. Why would he? Why would he not do anything differently now? So even when he was fit, did Klopp used to play him all the time? No. Why? I don't get it. You know, he's 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 certainly better than some players. Um, I I would have him in my top three midfielders for Liverpool that are you know within that first team squad right now. Uh, you know, and it's no good if he's not fit. You know, we we can have that discussion all day and all night, can't we? Yeah, I think that's... No, it wouldn't. And I think, you know, you've just kind of like touched on a few things there. And I think, you know, the Henderson thing, it's just deeply, deeply frustrating because I, I think we can all agree, like, yeah, when we had that control, I do feel like, you know, that the midfield was holding up against, you know, was kind of um, winning in like the battles against um, Xhaka and what's-his-face um, uh, party. And... Um, and I think a large part of that was down to maybe having a player like Thiago in there because I felt like he was, when we were on top, I felt like he was on top of his game as well. Pulling and things strings, were just yeah. tying, yeah, pulling the strings. And I just think it makes your life so much easier. But I just felt like, you know, as that game was kind of going on and kind of like, I just felt like he was quite at fault for a couple of them, those goals, in my opinion. Um, and that's just me just talking about him in this game. I just don't feel like he's up to that standard. I feel like what we were really, really guilty of in terms of when we played well, yeah, we were great. And, you know, there were some like bright moments, um, <clears throat> you know, when, when we sort of um, conceded, you know, you saw Nunes growing into the game more. And I'm sure you'll all agree, you know, his movement was excellent. Um, at first, he was frustrating me a fair bit, Dave, you know, with some of his offside, you know, like not timing his runs properly. But, you know, he started growing, growing more into the game. He was, um, I think he was probably our first player to kind of get a shot on target as well, if my memory serves me correctly. But, you know, Ramsey pulled something when he took the goal kick and then Salah um, uh, made him sort of commit um, to, you know, um, putting the ball out. And, you know, he, he pulled something and, you know, not that I applaud injuries, absolutely not. But you thought, yeah, you know what, we can get into this team and we really can. And, you know, he was one of my bright sparks in terms of in terms of what the attack was doing. But for me, when we played well, um, it was largely down to two players. Well, there was three players that really, really impressed me. And one was Thiago. I thought played really, really well in that moment. Um, I thought Luis Diaz was absolute fire. And I thought Chimikas was um, the guy that was doing really, really well in terms of in an attacking sense and even in a defensive sense. Yeah, I think it was a massive blow, and I, I mates just text me there that um, Diaz has been seen leaving on crutches. Shit. So that is really not good. I, I felt that was a massive blow when he went off because I thought yeah. he was our best player. And, yep. You know, absolutely laid that goal on a plate for uh, Nunes. I was quite quite happy. I, I still don't know how I feel about how he shows so much of his emotion. You know, he. I don't know who he was doing the crying kind of uh, gesture to. I don't know if it was the goalkeeper or the fans or whatever, but I, th I think he needs to score a few more goals before he starts winding up the opposition. You know, we, with things being so bad, just just let's put these games away. But yeah, I think yeah, it's, it's just it's just gutting, isn't it? Um, I, I think Diaz again, he, he's not been brilliant this season, but he's not been 
you know, he probably has been one of our better players. I think Diaz has been one of our best players, you know. Yeah. We've been shit. You know, when all of our heads dropped, even against Napoli, he was the only one that was running at that defence, was trying to do something. He got the goal. Nothing goal. It was like, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, you, you don't have a clean sheet. But throughout, I just feel like his attitude and him just, like, running at players. And I also like the fact that, yeah, he does get pulled down. He does get fouled a fair bit. But he never, ever kind of retaliates. Yeah. No, no, he's he's brilliant, and again, I just I hope it's I hope it looks worse than it is. But yeah, just let's see what what comes out of it now. But um, again, I I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I just I have to go back to the recruitment, and I don't know if it was just towing the party line or whatever by Klopp to say, oh, it was it was me who said we didn't need a central midfielder. But I'm just I cannot rationalise it. I cannot look at that team even against Rangers. You know, we're bringing Milner on. I'm like, what the fuck? And in in thirteen fourteen, I still maintain Henderson getting sent off against City lost us mm. the league that day. He was yep. unbelievable. I, and but that was know, like pretty much it's it's nearly nine years now. He's not got them legs. Years. Yep. No, and that's what I was going to say. I think even in the the title winning season though, I, I thought he was playing way above what I thought his level was, but. The fact that he's starting all these games is a real problem. And so I, I just think you've just got to look at the recruitment. We're dead on our feet. I don't know whether the uh, the lack of running is... It, it feels like it must be a deliberate thing. It's it's kind of like a let's conserve our energy for the second half of the season. You know, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because we've got the World Cup coming up as well. I'm not sure if it's deliberate, but I mean... we. The season's borderline a write-off now. I mean, top four would seem like success from where we're sitting. We we look miles off that. We we look incapable of putting any kind of run together. And, you know, people are holding out for, oh, yeah, Jude Bellingham is going to come next summer. Is he bollocks? No way. No way is he going to come. And even if he does, that doesn't solve everything. We We needed to be replenishing these players and not, ringing the, you know, not squeezing the pips out of the last players who, who should have been moved on a long time ago, like Henderson and Milner. I just, I, I think they've been great servants for the club, but, you know, just the recruitment needs to be sorted out. Can I respond to a couple of things you said there, Dave? Yeah, yeah. Um, Go for it. Um, the running aspect, um, other teams are, are allowed to run more than us. It's not a God-given right. I mean, I'm not having a go at you, Dave, or I'm just saying generally. It's not a God-given right that our teams will always be most intense, run more than anybody else. Other teams, professional football teams, they train. They've got. They've now, most teams have got younger players than us. We could probably run that little bit more, you know, give it that little bit more. So I'm not overly surprised that other teams are out running us and we've, and we've lost a little bit of that intensity and so and then that leads on to the recruitment aspect for Klopp to say we weren't he's the one who didn't want a midfielder and why did we go balls out to get too many and then why did we sign Arthur on the last day of the transfer window 
That's, that's, so bloody reactionary from yeah. that, in my humble opinion. Yeah. Like you could, he and he only bought him because Henderson got injured. Because before that, he was of the line of, no, 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 we don't need a midfielder. We're fine. I'm happy with the team. As soon as Hendo gets injured, he buys an injury prone prone player. Yeah. We don't see him, and now he's gone out as well. It just feels very much like the whole Ben Davies and yeah. all black, uh, you, you know. Um, no, um, a Quebec kind of situation. Yeah. He, he just reacted, and that pisses me off. It really pisses me off because Absolutely. I, if you're going, you know, like it's just so frustrating. Yeah, um, and and that, and that's where we're at, though, isn't it? Um, we we have a we have an issue in midfield. We've known this though, not one year or two years. We've known it for three years at least. We we've never really addressed. Yes, we knew Ginny was leaving. Thiago came in the season before. People are going on about we never replaced Ginny. Well, we actually did the season before he left. That's why we brought Thiago in. Thiago was the Ginny replacement. People, you know, you've got to you've got to accept that. Um, and but again, another player who struggles to get put a run of games together consistently. It's it's suddenly we've gone from a football club that recruits really really well and aside from the midfield not signing not one midfielder but potentially two midfielders we, we we did actually have quite a good transfer window in that we got you know obviously we've got darwin in we got ramsey and we got a carvalho in they they were really good signings you know two of those players are going to be you know really good players for us well, all three of them are going to be really good players for us going forward for the next few years. The midfield, you know, you know, if you, I mean, uh, you listen to us on the the main AI podcast. It, it, it's the it's the position that every summer and every January, it's the position I'm always saying we need to strengthen in, and everybody knows this. Yet the club has not done anything to address that. And now you you can blame FSG, you can blame. Um, Julian Ward. Now you can blame Klopp. But the the, prop, the the fact is, we've, we we're not addressing it. Until we do, we've got issues. Yeah, they're massive. Um, just a, a, a response there from Kieran. The fact that um, um we've signed um one midfielder in four years is quite shocking. Um, I'm going to go to our next caller, who's probably making his way back from the Emirates. Um, it's Harinda. Harinda, you there? Yep, I'm here. Hi, everybody. Hi. We are very predictable. That is a problem. More predictable than any other season I've seen this for ages. Um, I could verbatim tell you what we are going to do if it's a goal kick, if it's gone played back to Alisson, what will happen next. And in the first minute, Liverpool didn't learn that lesson. Like in the first minute. You know, we, we dilly-dally at the back. We start thinking that we're going to be cute about it. Arsenal, going back to the season, we beat them when Mane scored running past the halfway line, etc., etc., in the second half. In that half, they scored their first goal in a similar manner. They camped against our defenders. Our defenders were trying to play it out from the back. Arsenal knew that we would try to do this. We did exactly what Arsenal would have tell us to do. And we made a mistake. And they scored from that mistake. That happened in 2016-17 season. It happened this season again. Um, that day, though, obviously we had like Samane and everybody else, a formative midfield that actually functioned and did shit. 
And today, other than the first half, the second half, I mean, listening to the cop, what you guys have been saying, you're right. Everything went to shit in the second half. Because for the four, I suppose the second minute up until the 44th and a half minute or 48th, 49th minute, whichever way you want to play it in regards to adding the extra time, Liverpool didn't play in a predictable manner and they didn't do the things that they always kept on doing in regards to going through the flank. They actually sometimes tried to go through the middle as well with some degree of creativity and annoying Arsenal at this. But in the second half, I don't think we did it once properly. And I've heard people say, you know, it's Trent, it's Hendo, it's this, it's that. Never just one person, though. It's never, ever, ever just one person. The only time it can ever be one person is when you're the goalkeeper and you literally kick it out to the attacker. Then it can be one person. Blame the goalie for that one, 100%. Or a player does something really dumb. But in a systemic action of play, you can't blame one person. Because at that point, you are desperate to remove team. Yeah, this whole stupid cliche analogy of there's no I in team. Well, there's no blame then in just one person in a similar vein. Either you support a team in that sense, or you go, you know, fuck it, we'll blame that person. It's not that person, it's that person. Not that person, that person. Automatically, your default position becomes to blame. And, you, and it's like almost trying to seek out the individual you wish to pin everything on. But if, it's, if you win as a team, surely you lose as a team as well, right? But today, we 100% lost from that second half as a team. Can't say it was all one person yeah. or anything like that. Even, even when trying to fight back, yeah, it was a fight back of a team. But supply lines are cut. Things aren't great. And, and you just look congested. I mean, for their goal, and I mean, for anyone who says they saw anything different from the away side, if they're chatting shit. No one saw how the penalty happened. No away fan sitting in that position can actually physically see what happened unless you're sitting um, in line with it. And if you are sitting in line with it, you're sitting in either Arsenal hospitality somewhere or you're sitting with the Arsenal fans. So as an away fan, sitting with the away folks, can't see what happened. But you could see the melee. You could see that there was a panic and there was lots of people kicking a ball in an 18-yard box towards the goal and we're trying to desperately clear it. And all of a sudden we clear it, but then we see there's a penalty. And you're like going, okay, that's just literally us in a nutshell. There's a calamity and there is sac- you know, there's pain because of that calamity and the pain is inflicted upon us. So I don't really have much of a question for the panel other than am I wrong to think we lose as a team? You win as a team, you win as a team, you lose as a team, but I do believe, and I am of a belief that everyone, Klopp said this in one of his previous, previous um, press conferences, I can't think which, before which game it was, that everyone is responsible for everything. Um, I can't think which game it was before, but it's one of his press conferences. I, I agree with that. Having said that, I feel like you have to play your role and your position to the best. Otherwise, what is the point? You can't be like, well, I'll put a half-assed performance in. Because my teammates, we're a team. No, everyone chips in. That's how you get team wins. And if somebody's got their eye off the ball and they don't perform to the level that they are meant to be, i.e. tracking down runners. And also another thing I have a problem with, we ball watch, we chase the ball. We don't, like, there's a few times in the second half where we were all just, like, gravitating towards the ball. What on earth is going on? 
That's not right. No, it's not right at all. I genuinely, I agree with you in regards to gravitating towards the ball. There's also parts of the first half where a ball is played and you just think, what you have to do is run 10 yards. You just start running and you'd be at the ball. That's all you had to do. You know, rather than look yeah. like a misplaced pass or anything like that. Like, just fucking move a little bit. You know, just, yeah. the eagerness and desperation almost that's needed when you're in a, um, a losing position or you want to win and fight. It's not completely there. Darwin, you know, Darwin Nunes aside today, I think had a fucking belter of a game in regards to playing his, through his skin. Um, there's a lot to be said about players who are just coasting. And I don't know where the coasting has come from because it's not in their modus operandi of previous seasons to just coast and casually see a game through. That's the problem yeah. right there. Having the, the fact that yeah. so many are coasting is the reason why we are losing and then the whole team has to think it. Look at the game against Brighton. The attack held up their part of the bargain. Agreed. 2-0 down. 3-2. Thank you very much. Brain fart moment. You, 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 even though Brighton were the better team, but the fact was, it's all about what goes on that scoreboard, yes? And, yeah. you know, you know, and we, we, we kind of drop points, even though Brighton were the better team. Today, um, you know, the, the attack having to claw back from stupid, stupid errors made, and they were stupid errors. It's very painful to watch. Like really painful. I, mean, I don't know. I can't imagine what it's like watching it on the TV because you have to watch the replays again and again and again and again. Luckily, yeah, and you have to listen to Martin Tyler as well. Fucking hell. Yeah, you don't get you, you don't get that. I mean, the replays on the Arsenal screen aren't as um, painful, really. But mm. I don't know what the answers are anymore, and I have a real worry that we're we're, we're almost a loss away from sort of some sort of. I don't know, attempted Hail Mary three at the back Rogers type bollocks about to happen, um, which isn't going to fix very much either. But the reboot mentally, I don't know where it's going to come from. Players-wise, nothing can happen until January, so you can't have that reboot in regards to selection of people. Um, some choices are brave, but you live and die by the choices that you make, i.e. Henderson, not Fabinho, um, and then the changes made at home, half-time, whether that's injury-related or not, I don't know. But again, you live by the sword, you die by the sword, right? In those scenarios. Um, so yeah, it's it's a very, very tough day for Arsenal away. I mean, Arsenal haven't beaten us in God knows how long. Last time away was what, 2015, 2016, I think? I think it was 2015. Because in 16, um, sorry, the 15, 16 season, because in the 16, 17 season, we definitely beat them. Yeah, I can't, I just can't think of when, another time that they've beaten us. Until now. Which is also shit because Gunners will be really overexcited about things. They're I think the last it. time they beat us was back in uh, when we won the league, yeah? So when the football started again in 2020 uh, and we'd already yeah, won the league at that point, yeah? So it didn't really matter. That, that one doesn't really matter. That one doesn't really count. Yeah. You know? I think that was the last time they beat us in the league at their, at their ground. Um, I've got a comment here from Nigel. Um, I watched the, the CL here in in Australia, and our pre-show is done with um, an Aussie team, and one of them said and showed footage of our midfield, Henderson and Fab, wandering all over the field and getting caught out of position. I think that's why Fab, um, uh, that's why Fab and Klopp had words. But because Henderson goes wonder, wondering, then so does Fab to try and fill the gap. 
this is it if everyone does their job properly and they have kind of like that whole awareness for me right now the whole midfield conundrum you know it feels like it very much i'm not comparing it to this but it reminds me of that era of emre jean and henderson in terms of who stays back and who goes do you remember when we had that whole conundrum when them two could not play in the same midfield but then we also tried emre chan as a defender right I mean, ball up in the end. <laughs> um we don't want to go back to those kind of experiments. I, I don't know whether it's wholly like that. It's probably a very, very good one to think about, to be fair. Um, mm. I think my larger pain with all of this, though, is we can... Uh, Arsenal in the second half, they could go through us. You know, they could go through the midfield. You had people going onto them. At some point, you'd have three players or six players around somebody mm. and trying to swarm them. And still, Arsenal player has the ball and ends up on the other side of it where they want you to be. Mm. And you're like going, come on. Like genuinely, that shouldn't happen. That really should not happen. You know, from a mm. professional pride perspective, you know, I'd be looking at that and thinking, fuck me. Like, come on, guys. Are, are we really that bad that, you know, we can't maintain or control um, players getting beyond us, especially when we've swarmed around them in such a manner? Like, it's, it's really abysmal. I think it's probably the right way of saying it. I'm trying to control my language a little bit because I just want to be all effing and blinding because that's not really mm. going to change very much, right? It's not going to um, make me feel any better, probably make me feel a whole lot worse, to be fair. But I, I, I'm at a loss now. We play City in a week's time. Yeah, Rangers aside for a second. We play City in a week's time. Who are fantastic at literally camping in the opposition half and making the opposition half, sorry, opposition life a misery? If they camp in our half at Anfield, then that's extremely worrying that we are so conceding in the fact that we're letting them do it. Like in your home, you do it away, if it happens away from home, you could kind of admit it. But if it happens on your home patch, you have to have real conversations about yourselves and your identity or lack of identity. I know we're going through an identity crisis. I know all the cliches around that have been thrown out there. But yeah, it's, it's, it's worrying times, folks. I know Gags has said that it's been worrying times for a while, et cetera, et cetera. And I was kind of half on the page. And today I kind of got to the same page as Gags. I'm usually the last one who gets there as well. But today, seeing them Arsenal away, there's a fight, but then it whimpers. And when it whimpers, it whimpers really badly. It's like they all tuck the tail between their legs and they all kind of look at each other and wonder what's gone on. Instructions come from the side to Henderson from Klopp. You know, they have a massive conversation. He then tells somebody else, he'll tell you know, he'll tell somebody else, he'll tell somebody else, but nothing changes. We still can't mm. look the same. Yeah, I, I completely get that, Havinda. And you're not going, well, what instruction came off the bench then? What do as you're doing, lads? It's fantastic. It can't be fantastic. Yeah. They just scored. Yeah. Havinda, I'm going to have to cut you here because we're not actually, we need to get back to um, the panel. Um, completely, completely understand and completely get it. It's, it's very, very frustrating. Um, thank you so much for calling in. Okay. Sorry, I didn't have much more of a question. I just wanted to unleash a little bit. No, it's fine. I think a lot of people feel that way and you're well within your rights to do so. And you've really, really given us so many um, good talking points. And um, um, yeah, um, I think a lot of people would agree with you. But Harinda, thank you so much for that. No problems. Have a good evening, folks. Thank you. Right, let's let's get back to to the game. Um, Cam, we kind of spoke about Liverpool and let's get back to the game. So obviously we know they scored a goal and it was a classic for me, a very, very traditional Arsenal kind of goal in terms of how those 
those front men all link up and play balls to each other. And, you know, I would have liked us to be a bit more um, aware to what was happening, certainly so early on in the game, but these things happen. You touched on this as well. We started playing a lot better. I want to get your thoughts on um, around about um, 14 minutes. Um, uh, you know, obviously this, um, uh, the first conflict, well, there was a few controversial things in this mm -hmm. game, but Michael Oliver, handball, you know, Gabrielle handball. How on earth was that not a pen? How on earth was that not a pen? I don't even know what uh, unnatural hand position is now. If it's against your head, it's in an unnatural position. I don't understand the rules anymore. And I think that's what I'm trying to get at because that was a disgraceful, like, non-decision. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was every man and his dog, even uh, the blind man could see that was a penalty, um, apart from Oliver and the, the whoever was in the VAR. Um, it, mm -hmm. it, I mean, it, it was a penalty. There, there's... It's, that's all you could say about it. It was a penalty. It wasn't given, um, and it's it's just uh, you can you can put to bed the myth that it's Levar pool now, can't you? We can clearly clearly say that now. You know, we're not, we're not the VAR darlings or anything like that. Um, uh, and it, it was a pen. There, there, there should have been two pens today. I think the one in the second half that they had was a penalty. Thiago kicked kicks the player in the foot in the penalty box and that's a foul, unfortunately. So um, that, that, that there should have been two pens. Um, would it have affected the game? Probably. You know, um, it could have had a huge impact on the game because uh, it would have knocked the, the wind of, out of Arsenal cells a lot earlier, would have possibly had an impact going forward. We don't know. We're never going to know now. Um, but I thought we reacted well to not having given that penalty that's that's the baffling thing about today how we didn't lose our head at that point we you know it was a clear and obvious penalty wasn't given and we, we still got back into the game and then i'm still just lost as to how we were so awful in that second half after being so good and, and getting back into it in the second half again as well after throwing it away at the end of the first half and the more I think about it now, that's that third goal. I'm just thinking, what was going on down our right hand side? Gomez was completely exposed because Xhaka was the one who was putting the crosses in. And midfielder, central midfielder, was playing left wing. Bizarre. Okay. It was, it was, uh, you know what, there were no tactics in the second half, and we'll get to that yeah. quiz thing there. Oliver, a few seasons ago, was categorised as the best ref in True. the Premier League. Yeah. Amazing how he's fallen off a cliff. I mean, he is literally yeah. the best of a bad bunch, and he absolutely bottled it and lost all command of that game, and shit started going really, really um, sour towards um, the second half, certainly for their penalty. Dave, I'm going to come to you. Talk to me about Michael Oliver's performance in general. I was just so frustrated with him. I thought he was absolutely awful. I thought he was inconsistent. Things that he should have gone to the monitor he never did or he was never called to do so it was the whole inconsistency of it that really really pissed me off aside from us being you know absolutely a joke in the second half things don't help and you know that call there I mean that was a penalty I, I I'm like like Cam said even a blind man calls that yeah, and I, I remember, you know, when we had that really terrible run where we just couldn't win at all and then suddenly put a run together and finish fourth. I remember COVID, saying, COVID, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember saying, you know what, I don't, I don't believe in the conspiracy theories. However, it keeps happening so much. 
the thing is, it's not just Michael Oliver, is it? There's two people who have All to... turning as well. Yeah, two people have to look at that and say, yeah, uh, that's a natural position or, you know, whatever it is, but that's not a penalty. But we've seen it so many times over the last few years. Now, if I go back to before when VAR, before VAR came in, I would look at that and say it's just ball to hand. Yeah. You know, he's too close. Yep, and I was exactly the same before yeah. they diluted and messed up all the rules where no one understands the rules anymore, including the referees. Exactly. And, you know, they seem to annoyed me, but you could kind of get it. It's like, right, they've simplified it all. If it if it's in an unnatural position and it hits your hand, that's it. It's a foul or, you know, it's a penalty. But then I'm looking at this, I'm like, well, what the fuck is it now? <laughs> I just don't know. And that's what annoys me. And I've seen so many decisions now that are just consistently go against us where you're thinking, well, two people have to look at that. And I don't think Oliver makes the decision. It's Tierney. It's the person who's on VAR. It wasn't Tierney in VAR. It was somebody else, sorry. But Tierney's another referee who seems to have it in for us. That's what I meant, sorry. Right, yeah. right, right. Great. Apologies. Whoever's on VAR, VAR should say, you know, have a look at this. Yeah. And then, well, he shouldn't, you know, no, he shouldn't, he shouldn't have said have a look at this. That's the point. He should have said it's a penalty. Oh, he should have just said it's a bloody yeah. penalty, yeah. He shouldn't have had to go, well, he shouldn't have, have, yeah, shouldn't have, have to go back to Oliver to make that call. That's yeah, what he's yeah. there for. But I think the ref on the pitch still has to make the final decision, doesn't no, he? No, no, he, he, he no. He, to... the, the VAR can give that as a penalty. VAR can give it, can yeah. Right, right. Okay. Whatever it is, there's two people there who've stiffed us over. Mm. And he just... I, I know the rational part of me is saying there's no conspiracy, but it just keeps fucking happening. It's just a joke. So, yes, we were we were not great, but I don't believe we... You know, Arsenal, let, let's face it, Arsenal have gone to the top of the league tonight, you know, and they are a decent side. But we've just sabotaged ourselves, and it feels like yeah. we've been sabotaged by the officials. Now you could say, okay, maybe it's not deserved. You know, if we'd got those decisions, it wouldn't have been deserved. But it's fucking football, isn't it? That's that's the way it goes. It's a low-scoring game. Sometimes things do go the the way that you don't expect them to. So it just feels like absolutely everything is against us at the moment. Yeah. It is. It's it's really, really frustrating. It's really annoying. And of course, um, you know, that was in the moments where we, we started getting um like like you said, Dave and Cam, that you know, we started having some hold of, of the game. And I'm gonna stick with you, uh, Dave. And um Harinda kind of highlighted Nunes there and you know, I felt like he was kind of growing into the game. I think around about twenty six minutes, um Salah's ball to Nunes. I think um, you know, he tests the keeper. Nunes um Hendo gives Nunes the ball around twenty nine minutes and he kind of squares it and Saliba um you know, if if he gets that wrong, he's scoring an own goal. But, you know, lucky for them, um, their goalkeeper was there to pounce in the instance. Um, around about 31 minutes, you know, Salah near post shot, you know, if he, you know, again, if his decision making was a little bit more, you know, on point and he went for the far post, maybe somebody goes back post for a tapping. You know, basically what I'm trying to say is there was moments in that time where you you felt that Liverpool were going to score the the response was correct yeah and I thought when it went to one all 
I, I thought there was only one team who was going to score. Um, and talk about that goal. I mean, because Diaz was just absolutely magnificent. I think Trent Ball was next to and Diaz on it and just runs, puts it through Saliba's legs. <laughs> uh, and, you know, there's Nunes. No, it was great. And I, I was glad because, you know, against Rangers, Nunes had lots and lots of chances and it just felt like he was almost running in treacle. It's like he was just overthinking it. I think the fact that it was laid on a plate for him by uh, Diaz, I thought it was mm-hmm. a great run, great square across. And the fact that he didn't have to think about it, it was just instinctive, just yes. great finish. You know, I, I thought, right, he's off now. And I think, you know, I, I'm absolutely confident that Nunes will be a really great player for us. I, I think he mm. does need to get just a bit of confidence, you know, stop overthinking it. He probably feels like, you know, he's he's come to this huge side with all these superstars in. He, he probably feels like he's not really worthy of it at the minute. So, But he just needs to get over that. But I'm sure with enough games, you know, he'll come good. I'm absolutely positive. But, yeah, just brilliant goal. And, yeah, I was wrong, obviously. But I just felt at that point, after that, I just felt there was only one winner in it. Yeah, I, I felt the same as well, Liverpool. And you know what? You started to see... Um, Cam, I want to get your thoughts on the goal, the build-up to the, the goal in terms of how we were playing. I know, you know, like, in terms of we were sort of asking more questions of their defence and certainly of their goalkeeper. I want to get your thoughts on the goal and we definitely looked like the team that was going to score. And in those moments, I felt like Arsenal's naivety and, you know, it, you know youth, you know, the lack of experience was kind of coming to the forefront. And I felt like that was where we should have really, really exposed it because you know you saw moments where Chimikas um, was absolutely doing a number on 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 Saka. You know that battle was really, really grand. I felt like you know he had him in his pocket for the most of that period. Can't hear Cam. Can anyone hear Cam? Yeah, sorry, I'd go on mute. Um, apologies. Uh, I was trying to be professional, you know. Um... Uh, yeah, me professional doesn't really work, does it? Um, I was going to say, um, it was a bit of a lucky goal to start with in that the way Trent sliced this sort of upfield ball, didn't he? And then, um, yep. uh, and obviously, uh, I think it was Gabriel who uh, got a touch on the ball. Otherwise, it would have been given as offside because Nunes at that point was offside. And it would have gone, he would have been classed, it, the flag would have gone up. But So we got we got a bit of luck and then, yeah, um, the ball from Diaz, you know, it mm. was it was the only thing he could do to put it exactly where he did to put it around the two defenders. It, that was just glorious, and um, you know, I'm sure everybody goes on about uh, Nunez's movement. His his movement is only as good as the ball he receives. He can do all the movements in the world, but if he doesn't get the ball, he can't do anything with it, can he? And that was a perfect example of where you, you're giving the ball in the right place, and he's 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 gonna you know he's gonna do that damage. And and it was just it was a really good really good pass from Diaz, who was our best player in, in the first half, and you know it was really unfortunate injury for him to pick up, and um, yeah, that that's yeah that's a blow for us, but. Um, Good goal. Really, really good goal. Really pleased with that. Really pleased for Darwin because something he needed. 
yeah, uh, and I felt like, um, like, like Dave said, um, he really, really wanted to get that that goal um, against them Rangers, and he was maybe overthinking it. And maybe now the shackles are rough, and maybe the floodgates open for him, and he does get a lot more goals because we're going to need it mm. most definitely. Um, I'm going to stick with you, um, Cam, and talk to me about we're in injury time, yeah. and you know we get a free kick. And, you know, we say we, you know, as Harinda said, you, you lose as a team. But what the hell was the team doing um, in terms of um, just, the, you know, of course, Saka gets the goal. But um, Martinelli there, you know, just absolutely taking Hendo for a walk. And he did. And, uh, you know, Trent all over the place, you know, overlaps, um, you know, just the awareness or the lack of awareness. And, you know, Saka just gets like the, the easiest goal. I mean. Just the build up to that goal as well. Like, even if we kind of go where, you know, it kind of it bypasses Tiago, right? And, you know, like, you know, maybe he could have done a tactical foul, broken down the play there. Yeah. But, you know, I think, I can't think who was on the podcast earlier on, on the show and said, well, you know, um, there needs to be better talk. You know, if Hendel is the captain, you know, hang on a minute. You know, one of the centre-backs stay deep. You know, why were Hendel and Trent the deepest players in that position? But talk to me about that because that frustrated the crap out of me. The worst possible time, as cliche as it sounds, the worst possible time to concede a goal. Yeah, I mean, cliches aside, any time you concede a goal is the worst possible time. Um, it was... It changes the team, it does, part, it, doesn't it? Does, it, it? Like, it does. It changes everything at half time. But if we'd considered ten minutes earlier, it's still the same team talk, isn't it? To a point. Um, but that's going off the off the the topic there slightly. Um, that's on me. Sorry. Um, what can I say about this goal? Thiago could have taken the man down. Hendo could have taken the man down. Trent went for a walk as well when he didn't need to and left the uh, centre of the. Um, Penalty box completely exploded because Simicast then had to come. I think it was Simicast who had to come across then, and then obviously you got Saka there just with the easiest tapping he's ever going to have. Um, there was no offsides or anything like that in there. It was just a, it was just a shambles. Everything about that goal was a complete and utter shambles, and and that sums us up from what we have been this season. It actually sums us up in that we. We've had no game management all season in any game, really, have we? We struggled all season, even in games. I mean, forget the Bournemouth game; that was just an abnormality. You know, that was just a one-off. That was a freak, freak result for us. Um, we've we've done nothing all season, and we finally start to look like we're, you know, possibly looking at the corner, not turning the corner, but just. Looking at that corner and thinking, right, we're going to, we're approaching that corner now, and then they do that, and then they do that, mm. and that is game management, and that that's not just on uh, Endo, that's on the management on the side. They're the ones who, who who have not shouted, no, you've got to get back, don't go, for, don't go up. What was what was Klopp doing? What what was Linders doing? What was John Actonberg doing? What was uh, the doppelganger, Do you know something? doppelganger doing of Klopp? Yeah, well, do you know something? That is a question that Justin has just put into the right. Chat, chat right there. Um, uh, um, part of the management is anticipating the worst thing and uh, mitigating it. Is Klopp not doing that this season? No, he's not. He's actually not. I mean, 
I haven't watched every game this season. I've not watched every game live. Uh, I tend to come back and try and find uh, something online and try and watch the game that way. And I've not seen Klopp doing anything this season that makes me think he's in control. He looks out of control. And, you know, going back, you can go back and look at seven years at Mainz, seven years at Dortmund. You know, he, he, he burnt that Dortmund team out, didn't he? He burnt them out. They, they won two um, Bundesligas. They got to Champions League final. He, he burnt them out. And he, he didn't react to it. And he hasn't, is it a question of he hasn't learned from it? He doesn't know how to learn from it? Because he needs, um, it's like somebody said earlier in, uh, uh, no, nobody said it here. I'm just thinking, is it time to freshen up the year? Uh, coaching staff look at what Ferguson used to do how many how many assistant coaches did Ferguson have over the, over all those years used to change it regular why you've got to keep it fresh I mean we thought all that um, Buvac was the brains and the team was going to fall apart well guess what we actually became the best football team in the world when Buvac left so is it is it a question of we need to change some of the coaching stuff now as well. Maybe they've gone stale as well. I mean, I wouldn't change Klopp because I, who genuinely, who are you going to bring in who's better than Klopp? Genuinely, yeah. I mean, mm. the, the, what, what's the answer? Here? I mean, all right, you can have the and again to all you, all those uh, people shouting FSG out. Fine, FSG out. Who's coming in? Which state fund do you want to take us over? Which one? China? Mm. Oh, suddenly you've got morals now. Which billionaire do you want to pump in money? Because that's what, you know, that's what it's about now, isn't it? We don't buy the players. We don't have this. We don't have that. Oh, what's the alternative? Show us. Tell us. Where are they? You know, the grass, we all want the grass to be greener. That's the players who left Liverpool if the grass is greener. It's, um, I don't know, it's, uh, it's fucked. Okay, it's done. <laughs> uh, Dave, I'm going to come to you. The, the goal that we conceded was the end of the second half. Um, you know, you were, you were not expecting that, given what you said, only one team on top. So I want to get just quick your thoughts on, on terms of, you know, like how bad that was. Yeah, I mean, so I, I mean, I used to coach at a really low level. You know, just mm. kids game. But you, you have to go through, like, your FA qualifications and everything. And so yeah. even at that level, you try and set the team up for match day, you know, and you don't really want to be in a position where you're having to instruct players from the sidelines. Because if, you, if you're doing that, you haven't done your job in training. So, and, and like, some of the passing moves and whatever that... that happen how you break down defenses you're trying to make sure that the team can solve problems themselves on the pitch they're not looking to the sidelines to to you know ask dad how, how do you solve this one so I, I, yeah i guess you know Klopp could have shouted on the pitch and gone what the fuck are you doing you know we don't have to send everyone forward it's not like 
It's not like it's the 89th minute and it's the you know second half of the season and every point counts. It, it just seemed like a a ridiculous decision to me. And I, again, I don't know everyone. You know, to come back to the earlier point, do, do we win and lose as a team? Absolutely. It, surely it just took you know one person to say, "What the fuck are we doing? Why are we sending up Matip and and Van Dyke?" I honestly, I looked at the clock. This is before the goal. I'm not just saying it with hindsight. I looked at the clock and I, I genuinely thought, what are we doing? It, it just seemed like a ridiculous decision to me. You know, it's very odd anyway to have five minutes of injury time in a first half. You know, usually you think they should be adding five minutes, but they rarely do. And so, yeah, I just think it, it's just systematic failure across the board at the minute. And I definitely agree with the point. I there's no one for me that comes in and replaces Klopp and makes us better. Not in the long run anyway, but someone needs to help him. Someone, you know, the coaching staff definitely, you know, there needs to be some kind of replenishment, some fresh ideas, some new blood, some new ideas. And it, cause it just, everything's just stale, but I don't know whether the the previous season again. I don't. I don't want to make excuses, but at the end of the day, we've we've won two fucking games. That that weird Bournemouth game where just everything we hit went in, and then that last few seconds winner against Newcastle. Those are the two victories we've had in the league this year. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, you know, is it down to last season and everyone just being mentally tired? I do agree that, I don't, you know, again, you have to... Everyone's morals, by the way, Cam, go out the window. It's like, oh, look at City and look at Newcastle. Disgusting human rights and all that. Most but then they won it. Would probably, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but can we have them, please? I think the, the thing I can't wrap my head around is, but why does it, you know, put City... And I would say Chelsea as well. How the fuck can Abramovich just write off a billion or something? And everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Well, you know, that means Abramovich doesn't get his money. How is that not fucking sports washing? How do they get away without paying that debt? So put mm. all those three clubs to one side. How does everyone else outspend us as well, though? That's the weird thing that I can't wrap my head around. How can we say that, okay, we, we put all our eggs in one basket, midfielder goes to Real Madrid, we don't get our star man. Okay, we don't, bloody hell, that would have really improved us. But how many midfielders could we have brought in that would improve us on Henderson and Milner? A hundred. Where's all the money gone? Where's all the money gone? We could not have got to many more finals in Klopp's time. You know, going mm. back to the the Seville kind of final, you know, we've got to a couple of European Cup or Champions League finals that, that we lost out on, you know, as well as winning one, the World Club. You don't, I don't get the balance sheet. I, I, I just don't. I don't get how you know the West Ham and Villa and you know all these other clubs. Where, where is their money coming from? You know what the crazy thing is? And we can't spend it. Yeah, you know, it's absolutely mental. Go We've gone from two points and two goals from being the greatest football team ever to this. Yeah. Life comes at you fast, yeah. right? Life yeah. comes at you fast. Mad, isn't it? Massive, massive hangover. Yeah. It's, it's as, as Nigel has just put in there, as last season playing every game possible burnt the team out. 
hundred percent. And I think as well, a short pre-season as well probably didn't help as well, you know, like obviously getting the season back running really, really quick because of this World Cup and that's going to cause chaos as well. You know, it's just a really, really, I'm not making excuses, but, you know, and then obviously with um, the Queen's passing as well, we've got two more games that we need to fit in somewhere as well. You know, good luck with that. Let's move on to the second half and um, Klopp makes a sub, takes off Trent, brings on Gomez at right back. Of course, he picked up... Uh, I think he took something to his ankle in in the first half. Um, and um, Cam, I'll come to you because you know Liverpool needed to come out, needed to kind of do something. I felt like within those moments, Arsenal pretty much started how they started the first half in terms of trying to get in on our defence and you know trying to like I don't know rattle the right hand side. But fifty two minutes, can we talk about Jota's lovely? Um, ball to Firmino and you know and it was a lovely finish by him but I, I love the fact that you know Liverpool again with a response there that you know um it was really really good stuff and um what did you make of the goal because their defense is there you you know like play the right yeah. pass play the right ball you've got intelligent players you can do something to them because I felt like for the majority of the season a lot of people have been sort of talking up you know that 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 back pairing of Arsenal is quite infallible yeah I mean we actually started the second off really poorly. Arsenal were, were, were mm-hmm. all over us. And um, and it yes, was actually were. a good move. And uh, I'm just going to give Hendo a little bit of praise because he actually played a bit of a role in it as well. You know, nothing spectacular, but a, a, a little simple one-two with, I think, Thiago. And then just advanced. And he advanced in a, in a way. And I was I was thinking, oh, put it over the top to Simicas on the left. Put it over the top. But he, he saw Jota there. And then it was the run from Bobby because Bobby was actually in front of Endo when he made the pass to Jota. And um, he pulled uh, Bobby's run, pulled Saliba out of position. And Saliba was nowhere to be seen because of the run. And then Gabriel had to try and come across and cover. So it was a really well-worked goal. You know, it was the movement of Bobby. And, you know, and like I said, I've got to get... You have to give credit when credit is due. You have got to give criticism when criticism is due. So it it was a good ball from you know even though it was a simple pass, it was only like five ten yards, whatever five yards. It wasn't anything spectacular, but to have done what he did and but, do the simple stuff correct. Yeah, yeah, I mean every pass contributed to the goal. So every pass was important. Mm. So uh, going back to you score goals as a team, you win as a team, you lose as a team, you concede goals as a team. But when Bobby got the ball, and I, th- I thought the way he's pushed it to the left, I thought, oh, he's gone too wide. He, he hit it really nice and clean. He didn't have to hit it hard, but he hit it so really nice and clean, and it just went inside the post. It was a really good finish. It was a really good goal. And you've got to give um, everybody uh, you know, who played a part in that goal you know, the credit for, for that goal. It was, um, yeah, lovely goal. Uh, why can't we do that more often? Agreed. And what did you make of that goal, Dave? Yes, brilliantly. Uh, uh, brilliant goal. Like, the movement for it, I thought Jota's pass was absolutely weighted perfectly. It's something we don't really, or I don't certainly associate with Jota, you know, being able to weight that pass. But it was just put perfectly for Bobby on his left foot. And it was just a fantastic finish. So it's the Bobby over the last couple of years, like we've seen a different one. Actually, that that's been one of the few highlights I would say. I, I think we've started to see 
you know, a bit of the old Bobby back. And it, it was a brilliant, brilliant finish. Um, and again, I'm thinking, right, we're in this now. Yeah, didn't go that way, though. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, because yeah. yeah. we, kept, we kept silencing the Emirates and they started to look really, really nervy. And I want to I'm gonna stick with you, Dave, because again, then not so long ago, around about, you know, we had the, he's, um, Gabriel Jesus, um, head injury and, you know, um, Martin Tyler with his god awful commentary when he gets back on his feet. Um, you know, just little things that I kind of like the fact that around, around about 60 minutes, you know, Gomez flinging Martinelli out, um, you know, out into, you know, out, you know, towards, towards the stands, you know, just not, not, not in a foully way, but in a way like, you, don't, you know, like, don't fuck with me kind of thing. But then 68 minutes, Klopp makes a sub because I think Matip was a little bit everywhere in this game. I'm going to be honest with you. Konate comes on great. Salah comes off. Fabinho comes off. Um, to me, this is where I felt like we kind of lost direction and shape. I did not know what was going on. Um, I don't know how you felt about it. I didn't know who was meant to go to to the right-hand side of the attack in that moment. I was like, are we playing a 4-3-2? Are we playing a 4-3-1-2 with Firmino just behind? Jota and Nunes, or is it a fourth, four, three, two, one? I was just very, very confused as to who would be occupying that right hand side. But to me, this is where we started looking a bit erratic, and I felt like Arsenal came back onto us. Yeah, and and again, obviously that that is what happened. But I mean, the first thing is, as soon as you see the players coming on and you see that Mo's coming off, like so, Matip for Canati. Okay, that that's fair enough. You know, it's like for like. But then you're like, you're bringing Fab on for Salah. And I know, look, he didn't have his best game, but he hardly had the ball. And when he did have the ball, he did look quite dangerous. So I just thought, honestly, I felt like that was just a bonkers decision. And straight after the goal, or it felt straight like it was straight after the goal for me. And, you know, you're thinking, right, we're on the ascendancy now. Arsenal are absolutely here for the taking. You know, they're a decent side, but they're not a great side. They're far mm. from it. And they were there for the taking. And we take off our best player mm. and put a defensive midfielder on. I just, I, I was dumbfounded by that. But then again, mm. you know, I'm just a bloke watching the football. I'm not like an elite football manager. So I'm thinking, well, I've obviously got something in mind here. But you know, it didn't go that way either. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know what, the thinking was there because again maybe if we just conceded or we were leaking so many chances or whatever but I, th- I thought it was an opportunity to really go for the throat then and yeah I mean Ars- think of being on that pitch if you're an Arsenal player and you see Salah going off you know he's not scored brilliant job done here I mean that must have been yeah. a real confidence booster for them so yeah, yeah. I, I, honestly I, I, I love Klopp to bits but fuck me, that was a, a joke of a decision for me. And Cam, I mean, I want to get your thoughts on the subs. Do you think Jurgen Klopp was probably trying to, um, I don't know, maybe play for a point here? I don't know. Like, the, the, the second sub for me was just like, whoa. I um, mean, not that Fab shouldn't have come on. Um, I would have played Fab for, I would have replaced him for another midfielder. But taking Salah off and bringing on another, like, sort of a defensive kind of midfielder, to me, just did not make any sense in that moment, because it was 2-2. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a very strange decision. Um, Salah wasn't getting enough of the ball. Um, but he, why we're not passing him the ball, it's it's it's, it's happening 
game after game after game after game, it seems. They're just not giving him enough of the ball. He's, he's almost cre- He was our most creative outlet. And, uh, and mm-hmm. the way he's been playing this season is it's like, well, we don't need you anymore. But it's like, you know, it, 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 it's baffling. It's just, um, it's really odd. Um, I wouldn't have taken him off. But we need a goal. He's still our best football player as in terms of goals and assists and ultimately creativity. And you, you, you do that. I mean, it's, again, it's, it's, it's the amount of management. It's the, um, you know, managing the game. It's uh, what, what Klopp thought he was going to happen by bringing Harvey Elliott on. Uh, again, with 10 minutes to go. I mean, I, I guess he didn't really have much choice. It was in Mil Carvalho. It, it, it's just all very odd. It was just, a, it was just like, Klopp got caught up in the antics with a Lego boy, you know, and um, he he lost his head today as well. So um, you know, there's, there's a lot went wrong in the end today, and it's you know it's it's all well and good, you know. I mean, we're, we're all guilty of it. We we love to point fingers, um, and and we and we think we have solutions from from the outside looking in, but you know. We're all second guessing here, aren't we? Ultimately, um, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We don't. We don't know what the what is the what is you know going through everybody's mind at the club right now. Um, you can't. It just can't carry on like this. Um, um, I've gone into a down. I was all right before I started this pod. You know? Yeah, you have, yeah. um, yeah, because it was a bad result and it was a bad performance. And, you know, you're yeah. speaking about, you know, Salaming off and like not doing anything. I mean, like around about 78 minutes, you know, um, uh, when it goes through to, we'll get to that in a minute. But, you know, Nunes kind of pulls back a, a, a shot and, uh, you know, play, he, you know, he fizzes one across the box and like all they needed was someone to connect at the far post because they were there for the taking. There was no one clearing that ball. It just completely Somebody glides the bus, past. Gone ahead yeah. of the ball, and the ball went behind him. And we're like, ah, I... yeah, and it just needed like a more Salah yeah. being there. And obviously, at that point, there was no attacker there, and that's the frustrating part. But, Dave, I'm going to come back to you. Um, we're going to discuss the penalty for them and just the build up to it. For me, the most frustrating thing was we had countless opportunities to clear that ball. Who's you know, in that moment, just save it. You know, stop being cute with your passes. You know, there. Are, you know, you are literally being pressed. There is no space. There's nowhere for you to move. And you know, before all that as well, we started to look really, really old. We looked a lot older than them in terms of how they were playing. They had more energy about them, but we've discussed that already. But just the scrappiness in that penalty box, and then of course Tiago, I think, catches the calf of he, I Jesus, and then obviously the whole kerfuffle of his granite Xhaka getting. And Hendo, you know, kind of getting into handbag moments, which was absolutely just stupid and just really, really frustrating. But, yeah, just talk to me about that. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I I just couldn't believe we didn't get it away way before, you know, giving away that penalty. We seem to have so many chances to get it away and we're trying to be cute. And then just, uh, it's just ridiculous. And then everything... You Someone's know, going to do a compilation of playing Harry Hill music over that. Oh my God! I mean, it, Benny Hill. It, it was horrendous, wasn't it? I mean, Benny, sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Who's Harry Hill? 
clearly I don't, I, I just like jump on trends here and I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> At least I made you all laugh. Oh, dear, just on the pod now. But yeah, it, it was, <laughs> it was just strange, wasn't it? And because we gave up so many chances, I mean, I, I follow some of these, you know, uh, old football was rubbish type Twitter accounts and you see and it's just shit football and like no skill or whatever and it was just like that it was just absolute amateur hour and then so you knew something was going to happen you know you you knew someone was going to get shot away or something and and I saw the I saw the penalty but I couldn't really make it out and I was watching it on a, a US channel and uh, like uh, it was martin keown and, and the angles that they showed was really inconclusive it didn't look like a penalty to me but i've seen some pictures since it, it, it does it look like he's clipped his ankle yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he kicked him from but behind the, yeah the, he didn't get the ball so yeah but it was just it was just again just poor poor decision making and again it's it's just throughout the team so it's probably fitting for us this season that that we conceded to a soft goal like that. And just thumbs us up, doesn't um, it? What did you make of it, of the build-up? And, you know, thank you for correcting <laughs> me. Sorry, say that again. I go. What did you make of like just the you know like the 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 you know the the build up to you know conceding that penalty and you know the umpteen's chances we had to clear yeah, that ball and you know failing to do so and not a shit show. Mm. It, just, it just sums up what we are. That was a, a perfect example of what we have been all season. I guess that was it. That, you know that thirty forty seconds whatever it was for that goal, and, and it's like I said, um, it, it starts from. Um, Again, our, our right back area, where uh, they're overloading the right back. Simple, just give and go. Mm-hmm. It was just really, really simple stuff, you know. And it was just pass inside between the right back and the and the and the and the centre back. And it's, it wasn't just once; it happened twice. I think in that movement, and that that's just the stupidity of it all. I mean, you know, we can all say, yeah, our, you know, our right backs are struggling, but right backs aren't being protected, are they? Oh, um, no, it was just fucking bollocks. Sorry, excuse my French. But, um, yeah, it was just crap, wasn't it? I mean, and it's like, I think they had about three players in the box to our 24, it felt like. Yet we still gave them a penalty. Um, and that's just the madness of it all. So, um, yeah, we can't defend. We don't know how to defend. Um, we're relying on our attack to bail us out every game. Um, you know, it's this 17th game that we've gone behind in a row I'm making that number up obviously um, it's probably like 25th more like um, you're not going to keep you can't just win games coming from behind you just can't do it It just Premier League is it's that type of league you go behind you you, you generally you, you don't get a result you know you might get a draw but you, you don't very often get a win and um, it, it's something that Needs to be addressed from the from the off because we're on the back foot straight away, and you can't you can't play football like that. You can't do anything like that. I think what you know, I mean, I haven't looked at the league table, but I bet we're really close to the relegation zone. I'll tell you, we're we're tenth. But how many points? 
off relegation zone. But four points. Oh, let me have a look. Where am I looking? Clear. Yeah, where are the points? Are right. Okay, where are we in terms of points? We've got 10 points. And the relegation teams have four and six. So basically four points off, um, you know, um, Wolves who are um, uh, third there and bottom. How awful is that? And, and, and that's the reality of what we are. Forget anything. Forget looking up. We have to, we have to actually be more concerned about looking down. And that's the reality. That is, that is it. That's where we are now. And... Uh, you can forget any, you know, thoughts about anything this season. Now we we're 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 in a we're in a fight. We're in a battle, and this month of October, it's two games a week. It's what we've always liked as a football team. We've always played better when we have that rhythm of playing games thick and fast. Now these players need to be managed correctly. Right players need to be picked for the right game. We need to make sure we're capitalising on every moment and we're not doing stupid shit like the first goal and the third goal and the second goal today because all those three goals that they scored against us are easily preventable. Easily preventable. And that's the maddening thing of it all. That Arsenal team are a good team, but they're not a great team by any stretch of the imagination. Any stretch of the imagination. They didn't they didn't play us off the park in any way, shape or form today. We're a shit team right now. Yet they're top of the table. Make of that what you will, folks. I'm going to add a bit of a positive spin. We're four points off a relegation spot, but we're also six points off in the top four. So, yeah, and we still have two oh, games in hand. So, you know what? You're, you're hot. Hand, Nina. Come on, don't play that old chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I know you've had points on the table. I know, I yeah. know. Oh, it's mad, isn't it? It's, um... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to be upbeat here. We're going to get top four people. I, I genuinely believe that. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's no shit Sherlock, we're not going to win the league. Um, but we're going to get top four. I, I, I genuinely do think that because I think we we still have enough quality within us. We've still got enough quality about our management. Um, worry is obviously some players have, are picking up injuries like Trent and uh, Diaz. So, and, but we need to get some of these injured players back in the squad as well. Um, we need bodies badly, but I still believe that there's still enough about us. And I think that was shown in in, in, in some... I'm going to take a, a glimmer of hope with um, how we played in a large proportion of that first half. I was really... I really... I genuinely was enjoying that first half today. I'm not going to lie. I thought we played some really good football. I thought we played some really brave football. Yeah. I thought, you know, that they showed a, an, a positive, t- positive attitude that has been missing all season. And I really liked it. And I'm, you know, I'm, even though they weren't playing brilliantly, it was refreshing to see compared to what we've been watching this season. And that's why I, 
But that's why I believe we yeah. will we will still get top four. Might even win a cup, you never know. We might even win a cup. I like it. I like it. Hopefully it is big ears because, um, as Jürgen Klopp said on ESPN, we're at the title race. Um, thank you for clearing that <laughs> up, Jürgen. Because, um, you know, <laughs> some of us still had that hope. Um, Dave, um, before we close the pod, any final thoughts from you? Uh, and then we'll go to plugs. I hope we get top four. I'm not quite as confident. But if you look at, again, you look at the stats, well, We've conceded 12 goals in the league. Same as our, uh, sorry, two more than Arsenal and the Spurs and Chelsea. Three less than Man United. So, you know, we're just conceding at the wrong time. We just, we just seem to do enough not to win. <laughs> I really just hope. But we do enough. We, we do enough to lose, though, don't we? Yeah, or not win. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, it, 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 we've only yeah, lost a couple. That's true. So you know, it's the draws that have killed us as as well mm-hmm. this season. So we just need to sort that midfield out. And I just hope that for me, I hate the phrase because I associate it with the Tories, but we do want to get back to basics. For me, that's where it is. It's just remembering what we're good at. We used to blow teams away, and I know we say we're a bit older now, so we should just accept not running other people off the park, but for me, that's a symptom of letting the squad age, you know, and not replenishing, not getting fresh legs in. We need to get back to that 4-3-3. Fucking get Henderson out of that fucking side. Um, You know, and just remember what we're good at. I think for me, and I think yeah, we've had a bit of bad luck as well. But we we can't really feel too sorry for ourselves because we just haven't been good at all, and that's across the board. But I do think the heart of it is in the midfield. So I think if we can sort that out, if we can limp, you know, up to the the break when we're gonna everyone's gonna go off for the World Cup and everything, get two or I'd even say three midfield uh, replacements in. Then you know, then we can push for the top four because who, who knows? It, it's going to be a season like no other, isn't it? You know, some of those teams might, you know, they might send players off to the World Cup. They get injured, they get overtired, or whatever. So it, it's going to be a bit of a weird one. So yeah, I don't think there's reason to to jump off a ledge, but <laughs> just need to sort yeah. the midfield out. Right. Yeah, and um. I am not as optimistic as Liverpool bringing in three midfielders in, in, in one transfer window, given the fact that Kieran kind of pointed that we bought one in four years. But you know what? You've got to stay optimistic, guys. We have come to the end of this podcast. Um, thank you so much for everyone that joined us live who've been, um, who rang in. Also, um, thank you so much for everyone who participated in the questions. Really, really appreciate it. A massive thank you to both Cam and Dave, before I let them go, I'm going to get some plugs where you can find them on social media. Cam, I'll come to you first. Um, yeah, you can find me on social media. I'm not on there at the moment. Um, I've taken a really nice sabbatical. Um, Twitter is at Cambrinchi. Discord, I'm never in here. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, Facebook, I don't do anymore. Instagram, I'm not posting anything at the moment. Um, plugs, obviously, anything AI-related. Um, yeah, big shout out to 
my wonderful colleagues on the main pod in um, Trev, Paul, Lisa Marie, I Drinkle. Um, you know, they're doing a stand up job. Um, I think I figured out what 116 is, Lisa Marie. Um, I will wait your answer in the WhatsApp group. Um, and um, yeah, you know, like I say, um, keep listening to all things AI. It's all good stuff. Yeah, give Cam a follow and yeah, listen to him. He knows what he's talking about. And Dave, where can people find you on social media and um, more of your work? Yeah, you can get me at Seattle Dojos on Twitter. Um, other podcasts, you can hear me on the VHS Strikes Back. You can find me on Comics in Motion and also Chris and Dave's reality TV cast. And we're currently following uh, Married at First Sight, which is a whole lot more interesting than watching football at the minute, I must admit. <laughs> probably a lot more unpredictable as well than watching the reds as well so there is always that as well yeah the positives the silver lining guys give both of these to a follow and do check out their work and um, hopefully we'll cam will be more on the main ai podcast because um i just think he adds so much mm-hmm. to it i love him on that part but i just love just putting it out there for my part um oh gosh um i'm gonna be back post Man City, that should be fun, hopefully. Um, I will be back with the Euro Incision with Guy Drinkle. I'm really enjoying um, podcasting with Guy Drinkle at the moment. And if you're on Instagram, I kind of do little videos there as well. So do check me out on Instagram if you're on there. Um, thank you so much for joining us live. Thank you so much for listening. Um, don't let it get you down. Um, there, you know, focus on the other positives in your life. But guys, thank you so much for listening. Take care till next time. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.